Does the Bible teach an age of accountability? Is there a point in someone's life where they are so young that they can't tell the difference between right or wrong? We're not asking if there's sin in their lives. We're asking if they know what they're doing. Today, do all children go to heaven? Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. I think that this is a really interesting hot topic and I know a lot of people have questions about what happens to children when they die, what happens to babies who are miscarriage, what happens to babies that are aborted, do they go to heaven, what about someone who has a mental illness and they just don't understand what's going on, what happens to them when they die. You may be surprised to find out that the Bible is very specific when it talks on this issue and I think we can get a solid answer. Now I've got several passages that help us to really get a handle on this topic but let me talk about a couple of things first before we get into them. First of all, think about a baby who dies, a three-year-old who dies and suddenly finds themselves in hell not knowing anything that would go on. There are others that argue that a three-year-old would die and then, then be annihilated if they were born in Bangladesh and never heard the name of Jesus. Or before the days of Jesus, the child would just be annihilated. They would just go away. But I think there's some things that I want to show you that would tell us and help us to understand that when these babies die and Jesus has such a heart for them that they go into heaven. Now let's take a look at a few things the Bible says about it. First of all, we have a passage that has David in it. And this is 2 Samuel 12, 22 and 23. And it's when he sinned with Bathsheba and she becomes pregnant. And then David's sin is revealed. And all of a sudden, the child gets sick. And this is God's punishment on David. The child is like collateral damage. And, and God takes away this child from David for I think several reasons, maybe because people blaspheme God because of David. And God said that that happened, but God showed that he did, that he took judgment on David and the child lost its life. And David laid down for seven days and fasted and wouldn't eat and cried out to God to save the baby. And listen to what it says in 2 Samuel 12, 22 and 23. And he said, while the child was alive, I fasted, I wept, for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me and that child may live? But now that he died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And he's not just saying, I'm going to be buried by him. He's not saying that he's going to die like him. That would not bring the kind of comfort that David had. He's saying, I am going to go and be with him. Some will say in the Old Testament that they didn't believe in an afterlife, but that's just not correct. Remember Job saying, though I die and my flesh is gone, yet with my eyes I will see and worship the Lord. And there are many more verses that are like that that tell us that they believed in an afterlife in the Old Testament. Now contrast that to an Absalom died. Remember, there was a rebellion against David. He took the kingdom from him. It was a coup, and the kingdom had been taken from him. And the army fought against Absalom, caught him, and killed him. And when they told David that Absalom died, 
David paced back and forth and cried out, O Absalom, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, my son, Absalom, and he wouldn't be consoled. And Joab goes in, and I'm paraphrasing here, and Joab tells him, how you have mistreated your people today. You would have rather have had your sons, your wives, your concubines, and all your army die and Absalom be alive because you will not rejoice over us in this victory that we have given you. And David straightened up. But why was David so heartbroken over Absalom, but not heartbroken over this baby who had died? Because Absalom knew right from wrong and made choices, and he knew he would not see him again. But he knew he would see that baby again. Now, the second passage is somewhat like that, and this is in Nineveh. God sends Jonah to the people of Nineveh. He has compassion on these people. He doesn't want to destroy them. We're going to learn he doesn't want to destroy the children that are in that city, and so he sends Jonah. Now, Jonah's message, 40 days and you'll perish, 40 days and you'll perish, and they repent with sackcloth and ashes. And Jonah gets upset and he gets mad and he goes up on a hill and he pouts. And God finally says to him in Jonah 4, 11, and should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern their right hand from their left and much livestock. God cared about the livestock and God cared about the children who couldn't tell their right hand from their left. God's not going to judge these children who don't know their right hand from their left. Now there's another passage, and this passage tells us that God doesn't hold children responsible for the sin of their parents, or we could put it another way. God doesn't hold children responsible for the sin of their culture. Listen to what it says in Numbers 14, 29 through 31. And this is the children of Israel being taken to the promised land, and they would not go in. And because of their disbelief, God says, I'm going to scatter you in the wilderness. But listen to what he says. He says, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except Caleb, the son of Jophaniah, and Joshua, the son of Nun. You shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in, but your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. Now, some from here say that the age of accountability is 20 years old. I don't know about that. But what I do believe is that each person has a point in their lives where they begin to understand what is right and what is wrong, and they begin to choose wrong and don't choose right. A child has a sense of wanting to do what is right. It's not that foolishness isn't bound up in the heart of a child and that they're not born in sin, but the rebellion isn't there. At a certain point in life, there is the rebellion, and that is the time of accountability, and maybe that's a better word. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. God has angels around the little ones, which shows his special care for them. I also believe there are angels around new believers as well. Also, Jesus warns against hurting children. 
This is in Matthew 18, 2 through 7. Jesus says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child and set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives a little child like this in my name receives me. And whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Again, that's not what's going to happen to him. He doesn't say, because you did that, this is going to happen to you. It would be better for you if you went and killed yourself with a millstone than actually hurting one of these little children. We can honestly say that children hold a special place in God's heart. There's another passage that is interesting, and this is Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. Now, some say this is a promise, that if you raise your child in the ways of the Lord, that they might go crazy in the middle, but when they're old, they won't depart. Maybe. Others say it's a proverb. And as a proverb, it just means the majority of the time it works. You're living your life in wisdom, and this would be wisdom. Raise your children in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart, and that works most of the time. And again, maybe. Either way, it's interesting to me in the question of the age of accountability. I know someone who grew up in the church and went out onto the mission field and became a pastor. And then when they changed what they believed, the church that they went to pulled their support and they were abandoned on the mission field. When they finally got home, and I don't know how long it took, but he stopped believing in God and he became an agnostic. And today he has a podcast. And if you listen to his podcast, he will say, he, he mocks the idea of the age of accountability. He'll say, if your children become accountable at age eight or age 12, then you better kill them. If they're going to reach that age, you better kill them because it's the only way to guarantee heaven. However, this verse isn't taken into account. Raise a child in the ways of the Lord, and when they are old, they won't depart. Yes, there is an age of accountability or a time of accountability where when they die, they'll go in the presence of God. But there also is a commitment from God that when they are old, they won't depart. Whether this is the majority of them or whether this is all of them, I don't know, but I believe it. In Luke 18, 16 and 17, people are bringing their babies to Jesus to be blessed by him. Here's what it says. And they were bringing even their babies to him so that he would touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they began to rebuke them. But Jesus called them saying, permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Now, where it says the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, that explains it that you've got to become like a child. And we could talk about a lot of things that children are. They trust people really quickly. They have faith. They believe what they're told. There's a lot of things about it. They're humble. So there's a lot of things we could talk about. But John MacArthur, who knows Greek a whole lot better than I do. I don't know Greek, but John MacArthur does. And he says of this passage that that is actually speaking of a category, 
that that phrase, such as these, includes the children. That this is actually a passage that is saying that these children are going to heaven. And anyone who becomes like a child, humbles themselves and receives Christ, is going to heaven as well. I believe that that is what the Bible is teaching. There are passages in the Bible that teach that all nations, all kingdoms, everyone who out of every nation that has ever been made are going to exalt God, lift him up, and worship him. I want to read you one of them. This is out of Psalms 86. It's verse 9. It says, Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord, nor are there any works like your works. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. This is a promise that people from all the nations of the world are going to gather together and glorify him. I believe these are the babies who have died, the children who didn't know their right hand from their left hand. I believe that these are the babies that were miscarried. I believe that these are the babies in the Roman cities who were abandoned. It was a regular practice for babies that were unwanted, that were born in Rome to be abandoned and to die of exposure. And today, all the babies that die of abortion, I believe that they too will be in heaven praising his name. If this is true, that means there will most likely be more children in heaven. Now you say, how can they come without knowing Jesus? People say that by the name of Jesus, people are saved. There's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved. And this is true. And these children are saved by the blood of the lamb on the cross. Abraham never knew the name of Jesus, never knew Joshua or Yeshua, however they pronounced his name, but he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So the work of the cross was applied to Abraham when Abraham believed God and the work of the cross is being applied to these children because they don't know their right from their left and God is having mercy on them. How great and how marvelous is the mercy of our God. Now you may wonder, am I the only one who believes this? And I want to assure you I am not. That throughout history, there have been godly men and scholars, theologians who have believed it. John Calvin believed it strongly. And you can go back and you can look at people who believed that God takes care of babies. And it only makes sense when you look at the scriptures that God have chosen these children who cannot make a decision for themselves and that they are going to be in the presence of God. Oh, the love and the mercy of our God. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.